Hey, hey, family. Welcome to the Spoiled Milk Podcast. I am one half of the dynamic duo. I am DJ. I want to say hello to my co-host, Big Mike. What's up? DJ, DJ, how's it going today? Everything is great now in here in the South. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool, man. I'm all right. Uh, we're finally getting the weather. It seems like it's turning around, you know, Michigan Seems is uh, like it, yeah. Yeah, it's just <laughs> man, look, I, I kid you not, right? Like it's like the weather's up and down here. Like one day it's like 65, which for us is great. Like 65 oh, yeah. is great, right? Like all right, I can wear my hoodie. That's uh, hot almost, right? Skirt or something. Yeah. I'm good. And yeah. then the next day it's like, yeah, sleep sleep temperatures. You get snow, ice and oh, rain wow. and that literally happened this week. So for it's, real. <laughs> Wow, man! I I don't know. I can't wait till we turn this corner, but it's all good, man. It's all good, definitely. Yeah. So let's jump into this episode. Uh, We know that uh, Moon Knight came out this week. Yeah, Moon Knight, my boy Oscar. Yeah, yeah. with Oscar Isaac, Mister Apocalypse from uh, X Men, and Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah. uh, uh, (laughs) House of Trades from Doom. Yeah, uh, I still gotta watch that new Doom. So I've I've got to see this dude in something that I like before I can tackle Moon Knight. Like I said before, I'm not saying he's guilty, but it's like you know he's that guy that you always see walking away from the crime scene. Yeah, you know, he's he's always a person of interest. He's never been convicted, never maybe even been charged, but you always see him just walking away from this murder. This this uh this you know home invasion or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. If, if we were detectives and we looked at pictures of the crime scene, you, yeah. you know how you spy in the crime. That guy's in this crowd. He's in that crowd. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oscar Isaac is always walking away. Always a person of interest. They always ask the suspect. So so do you know Oscar Isaac? How well do you know Oscar? Did you go to school with Oscar? Did you just work with can. Oscar? We got. We need a big map with all exactly. the movies, like and just draw the like you know the lines with the crazy with the yeah. push pins in them and the lines. Exactly. We connect them, we connect them to X. He's the new Kevin Baker. That's who exactly. Oscar Isaac is. He's the, he's the new Kevin Seven Baker. Seven degrees of Oscar Isaac. That's gonna be the next game. Oscar Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can link him to every major sci-fi trilogy. You got the yeah. games in there. He was in the same movie. With uh, Jennifer Lawrence there, we can oh, yeah. leave him. Oh yeah, with Katniss. <laughs> oh yeah, everywhere. That's it. <laughs> he was in the movie with Ryan Gosling. So then you know, but <laughs> so it was. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. He was in the movie with. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else. Uh, oh yeah, he was in the movie sort of with Hayden Christensen, who was in the movie with Samuel Jackson. There you. Yeah. <laughs> there you exactly. go. That's how it is, man. Just Sam has been in the movie with with everybody. That's yeah. It. So, so Moon Knight came out this week. Okay. Uh, I watched the first episode. Uh, I have to say, at first glance, without any spoilers, because I know it's relatively new, so everyone hasn't watched it yet. Uh, without spoilers, it's it's really good. It's one of those, you know, it's it's that thing with Marvel, right? Like what they're doing with their shows are a little bit different. Uh, than what they do with the movies. Okay. Just because the format of storytelling is different. So uh, I-, I would say for anybody who's watched it, reserve judgment. Okay. And it's almost one of those things. It's not bad. The first episode isn't bad at all. 
Okay. But you don't get a lot, right? Okay. It, it's it's very much like one division. Like one division, right. it didn't really hit its stride until like the third or fourth episode. Like every episode was different. Mm. But by the time you got to the third or fourth one, so if you didn't watch it every week and you just kind of binged the way till four episodes were out, then it made you it, it helped you to appreciate everything because you didn't yeah. have to wait until the next week. I kind of see that with Moon Knight that okay. anybody who wants to watch it. I would kind of recommend uh, if you can wait, wait till maybe two or three episodes are in the bucket before you watch it. It's only six episodes, so oh, wow. okay. yeah, this is scheduled to end on, on May the fourth. Uh, so same day as okay. Star Wars Day, May the fourth. Okay, May the fourth with you exactly. Yeah, that's when this is uh, scheduled to be wrapped up. So it's only wow. six episodes. Only six, okay. That, that kind of gives me pause. Kind of wondering what they have planned for just six episodes, but I haven't watched the first one yet. I'm willing to give it a try. Um, I'm not like some Marvel fans. I know some Marvel fans have drank two big glasses of the Kool-Aid and they believe Marvel can do no wrong. I think Marvel has done amazing things. They've done incredible shows. They've done incredible movies, but I'm realistic enough to kind of tell myself that everything isn't going to be a hit. This yeah. Miss Marvel looks like, yeah, I'm probably not going to want to even click the button on that one. That, yeah. look, it, look, I'm going to read a book. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. That <laughs> might be a good time to go and, you know, get some, get some, uh, I don't know, some, some exercise in, try to increase my heart rate or something. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm yeah, I'm not sold on that one, right? Like, it could be the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. But based on what we got from that trailer, what it looks like, her power sets and everything else, I, I'm... Uh, that's a big pass for me. However, Moon Knight, because uh, a lot of people say he's like Batman Light or the Marvel okay. version of Batman. Okay. This this this, this uh, show does not give you that right. Uh, okay. If anything, in watching the show or at least his first episode, I you remember that character, the old Marvel character from the '90s, Sleepwalker. Yeah, you remember him? Yeah, a little bit. The the pacing of this show. Uh, with the uh, with the character Stephen Grant, okay, he kind of reminds me of what, or at least made me think of what I would what I would imagine a Sleepwalker show or movie would be. Okay, uh, and, and I'm trying not to really get into spoilers, right? But it's really along those lines. And it's executed re- really well. Uh, Oscar Isaac's it, he does a phenomenal job, kind of you know making making you feel like that his character is a nerd right okay, and, okay. and not just a nerd but he's very awkward and socially he doesn't fit socially okay. in communicating with people or talking to people he's very he has a very b-type character right or even c-type okay. character so he sells that very well okay and, and as a person watching the show it kind of just kind of it brings you in it brings you in to saying, okay, I'm not the only one that doesn't know what's going on. So okay. it was really good. It was really good. Okay. I'll be yeah. sure to check that out later on. Because yeah. I got to, got to, yeah, I'm curious about it. And I'm curious enough to go ahead and push the button on that one and go ahead and check it out. Um, it's funny you mentioned WandaVision. I end up appreciating WandaVision. Like you say, Ron, episode three or four. Yep. But after the first two episodes, I was like, I don't really want to watch this. Mm-hmm. I was I was drinking more Marvel Kool Aid then, and and I couldn't see them as being infallible then because you know that was the first streaming show. 
And that was coming off of, you know, the incredible Infinity Saga. You know, I think the Spider-Man, Spider-Man goes on the senior trip, as I like to call it, was the first Marvel movie after after the Infinity Saga kind of wrapped up. So, you know, WandaVision dropped, and I'm thinking, yeah, they can't do anything wrong. And I watched the first two episodes, and I was kind of stunned. But, yeah, but it gets better. So, yeah, I'm definitely willing to, to you know, to, to, to kick the tires on, on Moon Knight and Maybe Oscar can kind of redeem himself a little bit. Oh, yeah. it's not necessarily him. I mean, he did. He he wasn't bad as Poe, and the movies were terrible. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like him as Apocalypse or the movie in general. I think that was just a failure all the way around. But yeah. Poe wasn't a bad character. It was just those movies were bad. So Oscar deserves another shot. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, and I, and I, it's kind of a recommend for me. Uh, just because I think I know where it's going, but okay. anybody who watches it, you kind of got to go into it knowing that you're not going to get a lot. And the first episode, I think it was slated around 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, but you get like 10 minutes of trailers at the end. Yeah. Like that's, that's one of the things Marvel. with these, these Marvel shows, right? Like yeah. you get tra- you get the credits, uh, not trailers. You get credit, uh, 10 minutes of credits at the end. You, you, you know, these shows, the credits are like a feature film. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much what you're getting out of all this stuff. So anybody who waits a week or two uh, and, and then, you know, kind of gets, I guess, those first, that first half together. If you get three episodes, you get the first half of that, you know, that mini season or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. Uh, okay. You know, it'll probably explain a lot more in episode two, episode three, yeah. and then really set it up. Uh, and but but it's good, man. It's really good. It ties into okay. the Egyptology real well, and I got to give it a recommend. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll be sure to check that out, and we'll follow up on that later on, maybe. All right. Cool. Cool. Okay. That'll work. Okay. So, uh, you want to take us into our main topic for today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the and the main event, I won't attempt to uh, do my Michael Buffer voice, but the main event of the day is the discussion on the Batman, a.k.a. the romantic Batman, yeah. a.k.a. the new Batman. I finally got to saw it yesterday. I had a very pleasant experience. Okay. I went to the theater, and I was the only one there. Us. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it was awesome. It was almost like having a giant theater in the house, and I could just walk down the hall. And um, it was funny. I ended up buying a seat way in the back, thinking, you know, if I'm way in the back and people come in, they won't sit near me. Mm-hmm. But by the time the trailers came on, I was still in there by myself. Mm-hmm. By the time the first trailer went off, I was like, well, okay, maybe I'll move down a couple rows and, and get a get a better view since I'm not afraid of anybody coming in and not social distancing yeah so i I got down you know in a nice cool spot and i had the place for myself it was awesome that's the best way to watch it that's what i was saying man like people are not people are not going out to see this movie like i know it made. i think it's uh, the last time i checked i think it made 500 million Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere around that and people are comparing it to spider-man and and i'm like you you can't that's like apples and oranges it's it's definitely apples and oranges they're both superhero films. The audiences for Spider-Man aren't necessarily the audiences for Batman. Most definitely. Uh, just because this movie is a lot more mature. Yes, uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it's a lot. It's more. It's visceral, right? Like it's Most definitely. Very in your face. Oh yeah. 
And the audience for this movie isn't necessarily the audience of the Joel Schumacher Batman, the the kind of campy Batman. Yes. Um, This was an excellent movie. It kind of caught me by surprise. I'm not sure if I want to give my couple negatives on my positives first, but let's let's get the get a couple negatives out of the way first, and okay. I'll see if, see if you agree with these negatives. <laughs> my biggest negative was that it was too dark, and I don't necessarily mean the tone of it. I mean literally too dark. <laughs> I mean it looked like it was a power outage in Gotham City. You know, people are indoors with no lights on, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking that would have been okay, I guess, if they showed that at at Wayne Manor. Maybe Bruce wants to walk around around in the dark. But minor spoiler, when they showed Selena and her friend at their apartment, it was dark. Yeah. When they showed people in the hospital, there are no lights. When they showed people walking around the Gotham City Police Department, it seems really dark. And mm-hmm. I understand you want a dark tone. And for dark tones, you can have a lot of, lot of nighttime scenes. Just the way Batman broods give it, gives it a dark tone. But to literally have everybody walking around indoors with no lights on was just kind of kind of weird to me. Yeah. But what I, do you think about that? So I I, I see exactly what you're talking about. I'm thinking it may have been it may have been your theater though. Uh, oh, because really? it was okay. dark. It was a dark tone for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't where I could not see anything. Right. Like it, right. it wasn't where I, I could see everything. It was. I think my worst experience at the theater with a. Uh, a dark tone was when I went went and saw the wretchedly horrible, uh, <laughs> Incredible Hulk, Incredible Hulk with uh, or Hulk. It wasn't Incredible Hulk, just Hulk with Eric Banner. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. he was fighting the mutant dogs. Yeah, at the lake or whatever. That was probably the worst one I've ever seen. This one, it's dark. I gotta agree with you. Yeah. It's dark, but it wasn't so dark where I couldn't tell what was happening. Uh, I think that right. is one of the things I have a huge problem with. Oh, I could I could tell what what was happening, but I guess to me it just seemed weird that so many people had it so dim in the house. I mean, most people have on lights. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I could see like I said, if they showed this is just something Bruce Wayne does, I guess it would have made more sense. But for everybody to kind of walk around with with muted lighting or really dim interiors at night. I just thought that was a little odd, but that that wasn't very very distracting. Yeah. My second minor gripe was how much time Batman spent with the police department. <laughs> I mean, he was almost like you know he was Officer Man, first name Bat, last name Man. You know, I could have <laughs> almost seen them give him an honorary badge. He could just kind of clip on his on his costume and yeah, yeah. I mean, on most of the movies, they've pretty much crafted this unofficial the way Batman deals with the police. Yeah. He only talks to Gordon. He talks to him and when Gordon looks away then he looks back and then Batman has vanished. Yeah. But for Batman just to kind of hang out and I mean I wouldn't I was looking for Gordon to hop in the Batmobile with him and they ride over and talk to Carmine Falcone once or twice. I thought he's he was a little too friendly with the cops. I, I can see thought. that. I, and you know, it reminded me. I'm, I'm glad you said it because I thought that in the theater, and I, I didn't put this in my, you know, because I take <laughs> notes when I'm watching these movies. Right, right. And I, I thought to myself, I was like, man, this really reminds me of Batman the animated series. Okay. Uh, with that level of interaction with the costume, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't take it as a negative. I actually liked it because it kind of legitimized him as a detective. 
almost. Yeah. Uh, like the first crime scene uh, in the, uh, and major spoilers for all this, right? Like we've yeah. already said it once, but major spoilers for the Batman. It's been out since March 4th. So yeah. most people who want to watch it, they've seen it already. Statue of Limitations might be up. Exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's right there, but uh you know, you know that first crime scene he's going in there he's looking at different things and different mm-hmm. that, and he looks at stuff and then the police like oh oh we missed that oh oh mm-hmm. that's You're right. get a picture of that get a, so it kind of legitimized him a little bit but i understand uh because he was kind of you know chummy chummy well not chummy chummy but he was there in their presence but a couple of them like you know calling him a freak and weirdo yeah. and you know this is your favorite time of the year and all this other yeah. stuff you know yeah. that was happening so you you can't you had that animosity there uh but uh, i i can i can see what you're talking about but i think that to me that kind of lent itself to the overall movie that it was more of a detective film right. than just him beating up people throughout the entire movie Exactly, and that leads me into my first positive. We got a couple, couple more negatives I want to cover, but my first positive was this seemed to be the first. I'm trying to trying to think of the past ones, but this seemed to be not necessarily the first, but the best example of him being a detective. Yes, I thought this was awesome, you know, and it just showed him as more of a thinking man's Batman. Mm-hmm. It starts off. I'm not sure if you caught that little part where where they showed his journal. And mm-hmm. it showed year two. So he's basically just getting started. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think that helps me with some of these gripes. Maybe as time goes on, he doesn't spend as much time with the cops. You know, yeah. maybe this is something that he had to learn over time. And yeah, from the beginning up until the end where, 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 where well, not to spoil it, where the, where the big climax happens, mm-hmm. I'll say, you know, they showed him investigating clues. They showed him talking to people him piecing together evidence, yeah. him basically figuring out who the Riddler was and what the Riddler's motivations were. And yeah, some of the past Batman movies, you know, uh, Rachel Gould always calls him detective, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily show Batman on some of the movies being a detective. Yes. As much as in the animated series, they showed him, you know, showed his, you know, sleuthing skills better. But this movie does the best job, I think, of showing him as Batman, the detective that can figure everything out. That's the smartest man in the room and probably the best fighter in the room also. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We we don't get that a lot. I mean, you know, uh, I think back all the time of uh, Batman, uh, what was that? The Dark Knight, when he takes the bullet out of the wall, like he takes the whole block of cement. Yeah, and he takes it back to the computer and it puts it in the computer and it pieces together the bullet again. Yeah, it gets the fingerprint. And I'm like, man, that's some garbage. <laughs> that's yeah. not how stuff works. But in this one, you know, seeing him uh, with the thumb, the thumb drive, right? That was right. that was pretty good. Uh, or even him getting the help with the cop for the tucking tool for the carpet. I thought that was really good. That was yeah. really good. Like all that stuff, man, it kind of, it kind of, you know, it leads you down this path. And, and as the Riddler is giving all these, these uh, riddles, I'm piecing it together myself. Like yeah. what does a liar do after he's, he's dead? Like he still lies. He still all lies. These things, right. I'm, I'm in the theater piecing this together, which makes me think, and I appreciate that. So it's not yeah, just me too. beating people up. He's, 
kind of getting it together. Even when he went to the uh, the mayor's uh, funeral, right? Uh, and uh, Alfred is like, uh, "Well, why are you going to his funeral? You know, it's good to see you getting out." And he's like, "Well, I'm going to the funeral." He said, <clears throat> "Because most uh, criminals can't resist the spectacle." Yeah. Right. I'm like, okay, that's a real detective. That's what a real detective yeah. would say. That is Most how definitely. to approach this. And and I got to say, I appreciate, I really appreciate that from him. Me too, me too. And I really like the take they took on it because, I mean, let's face it, we've, we've had the Adam West Batman all the way up to the Batman in various animated, in various animated you know, uh, movies. We've, we've had the wonderful Justice League series, the Batman animated series, uh-huh. and we, you know we've 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 had the, the um, uh, Michael Keaton Batman all the way through Christian Bale, some great, some terrible. Yeah. So you know everything, yeah, Clooney definitely, everything under the sun has been done, and it was really interesting to see them take a different approach to this one. I thought it was good how they skipped the, the the whole origin story. They made mention, you know, two Batman's parents getting killed. Mm-hmm. But I think it was kind of, you know, we've covered this enough and people know it. Um, I want I want to mention the Batmobile to you because I know oh. you told me that you love the Batmobile. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I have to say I was wrong. I'm, I'm big enough to say I was wrong. When I saw the trailers, I was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this Batmobile. When Batman is injured behind the car, and they show the Batmobile off in the distance, and the lights turn on, and it starts rumbling and getting louder and louder, then you see the jet engine in the back glowing, glowing blue, and then the flame coming out. I said to myself, "Then, yeah, DJ was right. This is the perfect Batmobile. There is no way they could have done the Batmobile better." for this Batman, because yeah. this Batman needed a rough and tumble muscle car he that did. sounded like a jet. He yeah, did. this is the Batmobile that, that he needed and, and you know, drop all of these all, all these fancy gadgets. This yeah. Batmobile pretty much rammed the penguin off the road. That's it, and, I mean, yeah. I, and, honestly, right, like it's not too many movies that I say now, when it comes out on 4K or Blu-ray, I'm going to buy this. Mm-hmm. Like even, even Spider Man. Like Spider Man was good, right? Spider Man right. was great. No Way Home was great. It was a great yeah. film. Uh, you know, I'm probably gonna end up buying it because I have all the other Spider Mans on Blu-ray or 4K or whatever. Right. right. I'm gonna end up buying it. This particular movie, though, I want to buy it just because I hope it has like 9.1 surround sound or whatever. Oh yeah, definitely. Just because it was just so beautifully done and just the, the sound even was great. The sound and was that awesome. bat, When that Batmobile starts up yeah, and you just hear it revving, like I'm, you know, I, I'm not a gearhead at all, but I love <laughs> the sound. Of Me too. A, you know, a big block engine, man. I love yeah. it. It's just is nothing like it. Like when I drive my truck down the road, like you can hear it. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are like, oh, I love EVs. I love electrical vehicles. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's good. Yeah, yeah that's cool. You, you know, you get stuck in the snow. Who you gonna call? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and it just doesn't sound like a truck. You know, no, it, it just, it yeah. just. When he turns that thing on, <laughs> it starts rumbling. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love this Batmobile. I love it. Yo, me too. That was probably one of the highlights of the film for me. It was. And to, and to see him 
you know, uh, catch that that uh, truck in the right way and basically use it for a ramp and jump through the fire on the freeway. The penguin thought he was done, and all of a sudden he sees the Batmobile flying through the flames. And, I mean, like I say, he didn't have all of this. Now, he could have had some advanced gadgetry on it that was real fancy, mm-hmm. but he pretty much just rammed him off the road. I mean, that was that was his way of doing it. And that, mo- that Batmobile was the perfect Batmobile for this Batman. He didn't need the Michael Keaton one where you push a button on your gauntlet and all the armor comes on. Mm-hmm. He didn't need a tumbler. He didn't he didn't need all of this fancy stuff. He just needed his his uh that, that Batmobile looked like a souped up Camaro or something, but yeah, yeah it was awesome. It was yeah, awesome. It was and Who you know what? Batmobile? And speaking of that penguin chase, let's talk about Colin Farrell for a minute, man. Okay. He was amazing in yeah. this movie. He he yes, just he stole was. the show. He stole the show. I mean, you know, I don't want him to be the main antagonist for the next film. I don't. I don't like a lot of people right now. Uh, they start a petition asking for Clayface in the next film. Clayface, wow. Which I'm like, okay, I like Clayface, but I don't know if he really fits into the physics of this world. I don't uh, think so either. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, however, however, uh, you know, I'm really hoping that Colin Farrell makes a another appearance. Uh, oh, me too. Me I too. really want to see him again, man. I think he really put some things together, and the character that they made for him that they kind of pieced together because he's no longer that you know not a silly penguin, right? It's like oh yeah, a silly character. He's a very a, a very dangerous character uh, and, and Colin Farrell really played him to T uh, where he, you know he made you want to see him again most definitely and, and I'll, I'll tell you how great his performance was to me when I was walking out and, and, and I was seeing they've been rolling the cast list down the screen I saw Colin Farrell no no I'll take that back when, when the movie was over and they put the major actors on the screen and I said I didn't know Colin Farrell was even in this movie because I didn't remember seeing the trailers, you know, identifying Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. Because they've got him made up to look like a totally different person. He looks nothing like the Colin Farrell that you're used to. Yeah. So with 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 him being the Penguin, he also stepped outside of everything that you're used to with Colin Farrell. So yeah. I thought he he had a he had an outstanding role. He was awesome as the Penguin. And I'm not sure if you noticed the little Easter egg when. Penguin was tied up when Batman and Gordon were talking to him, and he said, "Hey, I'm still here. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm tied up on timing." When they were driving off, he started jumping with his feet tied together. Yep, and it looked like he kind of waddled like the old Burgess Meredith Penguin. So, shout out to the to the little Easter egg with, with him doing the Penguin walk for a couple of seconds. I, you know, I I, I did catch that. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And honestly, I hope that he gets uh, a Golden Globe nomination for that. Right. Oh, Maybe yeah. not. He might not win it. I don't know where other movies are coming out and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. But the dude really—he uh, stole every scene that he was in. He stole to he me. Did. He did. He yeah, did. You know, he stole every scene that he was in, and, and that just—it it was just a good film all around, man. Very rarely, uh, and and this is a testament of this movie. You know, I have a rule, a rule of uh, a rule of two. 
the okay. history book. Okay. So not like the ruler two for the Sith. Exactly, a, exactly. A I was about to ask if you were becoming Darth Vane over there. Okay. Uh, but but I have a ruler two. Okay. Anytime you have a film with more than two villains, okay. the film is usually poorly executed because you don't have time to flesh out all of these villains. Right. And I have been wrong in that hypothesis for two films for No Way Home, because of course mm-hmm. No Way Home had like four or five villains. You know, if you yeah. count, you know, you can count Doctor Octopus at least for half the half of yeah, it. right. But you, you know, it has like four or five villains, and it ended up very very well. And then this movie with Batman, yeah. uh, because you had the Riddler, you had Carmine Fal- Falcone. You had uh, uh, the penguin. You yep. know, you had a, a a lot of different factors in this film, uh, and they kind of broke that mold. So I, I got to get them. Uh, you know, I got to give them a shout out and, and say hats off to them for putting that together and being able to execute it. And it, it seemed like everybody, because the problem with that is everyone doesn't have uh, enough lines to develop. So it takes exactly. a, a really good script, a really good director and a, a really really crisp dialogue to put all this stuff together exactly. uh, and a really crisp cast and they did a honestly they did a phenomenal job and and you know you can go back look at uh the dark knight rises right okay it wasn't a horrible film but it wasn't what we were used to with the dark knight right uh you can go back and look at uh spider-man 3 you know, yeah, that was a lot of stuff crammed in. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you see what I'm saying? So, That's you true. know, anytime you have more than two villains, it's really going to, uh, you know, it's really going to kind of, you know, hamstring you when you have main, yeah. protein, main, main antagonists like that. But the Batman did a great job with that, very, very good job. And I, I still go back to my early statement about this being sort of a prequel to the Batman that we're used to. Mm-hmm. And you know, at at this stage, the Penguin is, is is not his own crime boss. You know, he was still working for Carmine Falcone, mm-hmm. so they portray him as one of Carmine's lieutenants. So by that aspect, we know the Penguin based on who the Penguin is or who the Penguin becomes. Mm-hmm. But at this point, he's one of the he's basically Starscream to Carmine's Megatron. He's not yeah. in charge of his own Decepticons yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that also aids in the in the way that they could portray more than one villain. Yeah. You know, I think if this was the penguin that we're used to, who you know, who has his own people, I think about I had mentioned Burgess Meredith when he he's in his 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 headquarters and his his goons have one and a guy with two and a guy with three and they yeah. hanging out around him and then you got the other villains, you got the Riddler. Yeah. You know, but with with this they are pretty much independent and I think that was a, that was another good thing is that the Riddler had his own motivations but they barely showed the Riddler he's yeah. the quote unquote main villain of the movie but he doesn't get much screen time versus we see Penguin and Carmine Falcone just as much as the Riddler mm-hmm. so yeah they definitely, definitely had that portrayal right and I look forward to what they do in the future I'm with you this is more of a grounded in reality not very science fictiony, not very CGI heavy. You know, this looks like a straight up old school gangster movie in a lot of points. 
Yep. And yep. I think a more grounded villain like Black Mask would probably work better for the next one. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah. Because I, I just really think the Joker is, is overused. Mm-hmm. And the way we see the, the, the Joker, I mean, they don't say it. We know that's the Joker, you know, who's who's in the cell next to, to uh, I mean, I'm sorry. That's the, yeah, that's the Joker in the cell next to the Riddle over at Arkham. But I just think it's so easy just to say, yeah, let's just put the Joker in the second one because the Joker is always your go-to villain. But yeah, I would like Black Mask in this next one. I would like maybe even, um, you know, even, you know, them just just step outside of the box. Maybe like the uh, Man Bat might be cool for the next one. Yeah, Uh, and and you know what? You can always pair a character like that with, uh, uh, oh man, what was the doctor who discovered that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Oh, who yeah. Who, I can't remember his name. It escapes me right now. But you can always use a character like that. When I want it to be somebody that is, you know, dangerous and mentally capable of pulling off something as grand as we got in the Batman. Yeah. Uh, you right. know, and, 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 you know, the Joker has always been the go-to. But I think mm. you're right. He's overused. Like yeah. we use him in every single scenario. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and and it is to the point we've seen back. We've seen man on screen. We've seen what six iterations of Joker. Yeah, pretty six? much. You got, you got Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Uh, you, oh, you, you got, got Jack Nicholson. You got Heath Ledger. Right. You have uh, uh, what's old boy from Suicide Squad? Uh, Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have um. Uh, uh, Queen Phoenix, uh, and then you have this guy, uh, and I can't remember his name. So it's five, yeah, in, in the last, you know, you know, in the last so many years, yeah, you know, it's five, and yeah. I like, ah, I really, I don't want to go that way. Yeah, yeah, they've they've definitely overused Joker. I would I wouldn't mind seeing a visceral villain in the next movie and somebody physically tough enough to challenge Batman mm-hmm. because. That was that was another sort of gripe. I mean, they made the story explain why, but you sort of want that titular battle between Batman and the main villain somewhere in the movie mm-hmm. that we really didn't get. I mean, he he um, beat up a lot of thugs and a lot of secondary characters, but you know that Batman versus the big heavy that we get in most of the Batman movies or most superhero movies, we didn't really get that. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind seeing them bring Bane back, not the silly Bane from the from the um, Clooney movie, and maybe not even anybody as as uh, you know, not a, a mastermind Bane like we got in the Christian Bale movies. Because I mean that that Bane was a little too smart and calculated. We just need pretty much just the just the hired killer. You know, you just give Bane some money and say, hey, go over and kill Batman. And he doesn't need a lot of motivations. He doesn't need to be that much of a genius. He just figures out how to corner Batman, and then they have a fight. So maybe that Batman, the animated series. Yeah, basically so. Yeah, right, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and he doesn't need a ton of backstory. You know, just you know, bring in Bane, and you know, not make you just the straight ignorant fight, but not necessarily make him this mastermind that's trying to trying to take over the world by himself. Yeah, and I, have a smart villain with him. So I wouldn't mind having uh, Rashad Gould back. Okay. Like, I wouldn't mind having him 
come back. Uh, not not so much come back, but I wouldn't mind seeing him again. I right? wouldn't either. The League of Shadows. Yeah. Especially in the way they ended the film with Gotham needing to be rebuilt, right? That right. is the perfect time for some type of terrorist organization to come in to try to get a foothold in Gotham. And why not have them say, okay, we're going to hire somebody from the outside, a la Bane, to mm. come in and fight Batman, to keep him distracted while we're buying all these properties, while we're going ahead, you know, rebuilding Gotham in our image and making it what we want to do. That way we can have a foothold in the United States or whatever. That, that would I be think perfect. That, that that would be really good to do it uh, that way, but that's just my two cents. To have somebody like Joker, Joker is a wild card at yeah. best, right? right. Like he doesn't work well with anybody. He doesn't um, work well with anybody. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know the only Joker that I see fitting in this role is the uh, Jaqueen, uh the Jaqueen Phoenix Joker. Uh, okay, he he's about one of the only ones because he's sadistic. Right, yeah. His whole thing was anarchy, and yeah. creating anarchy within Gotham. So, uh, th- I think that kind of ties. I don't think they're gonna do that. I don't think they should do it. But it's just one of the things that that you know I looked at and said, well, this Joker may fit into this world. That's yeah. that's about how it goes. Or even like you said with Bane, right? What if? And this is just me throwing it out there, right? Remember the end where he's on the catwalk. He's got hit in the head with the pole or whatever. And Correct. Selena's like rescuing him. And then the goon comes and gets Selena. He's choking her to death. Mm-hmm. And then Batman takes that serum. Yeah. Sticks in his leg. And he just goes crazy. Just flips out for a few seconds. Like, yeah. you know, what if somebody gets a hold of that serum and then they make it, you know, the Bane serum? The Venom, right. The Venom, yes. Thank you. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Venom. What if they do that, right? Like, I mean, you got so many different little little spins there that you can kind of take and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. Or maybe somebody, you know, gets it. And it would have been nice to kind of see somebody pick up the bio and make you do that. You you never know. Uh, But I I do think it's in good hands. I think so, too. And I I actually love your idea of Rachel Ghoul. Because I didn't, I thought as many roles as as um, the guy who played Qui Gon Jinn. What's his name again? Liam Neeson. Thank you, thank you. I don't know how I drew a blank on Liam. As as great as Liam is in most of his roles, I just wouldn't really. I just for some reason just didn't really see him as Rachel Gu. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's the in in. I don't want to break it simply down to ethnicity. But they show Rachel Ghoul being what more of a maybe Indian descent or Middle Eastern, like Asian, Middle American. Eastern, yeah, Asian, something Asian, like that. Yeah, yeah. So I think the casting of Rachel Ghoul for the next one to show that visceral genius who has his own motivations. I love a villain who has his motivations. Who he's the hero in his own mind. Every, yep. every everybody going against him. You guys are the villains, just like Thanos. Mm-hmm. Just like Magneto. Yeah. The Joker has his place. He just wants to, he just wants mayhem just for mayhem's sake. Yeah. But for like a General Zod who I'm doing this because this is the best for my people. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm totally wrong and I'm pretty much a psychopath. But in my own mind, I'm the hero. Yeah. I like villains like him and like the Ra's al Ghul and 
And if you bring in Rachel Agul, of course, you you then introduce Talia. That's and, it. And, and then Talia is your built-in love interest for the next movie. Mm-hmm. And the way they they did Talia in the third Christian Bay Christian Bale movie was pretty terrible. It was horrible. <laughs> it was it horrible. Was, that that is the look. I know a lot of people like that movie, but that is the weakest of the three. And I, I walked out of the theater very disappointed uh, when I w- went to see The Dark Knight Rises. I was yeah. very disappointed. Uh, for one, I was disappointed. And this, I did not mean, I don't want to go into this, but <laughs> for one, I was disappointed because we didn't get a real Bane Batman fight. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, he had to, Bane had to be defeated because Catwoman drove the Batmobile into the bank or whatever and then shot him with, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. she shot him with. And I'm like, that's, that, that's a cop out. Batman that was, a was supposed to beat Bane. Like that is, yeah. the, that's the whole point of everything. That Batman beats Bane, that he overcomes his greatest right. victory because he's Batman and Batman trains yeah. and he has his willpower. And yeah. then just to see him lose, uh, you know, he didn't lose, but uh, just to see Bane beaten like that, it yeah. was a robbery. It, it really was. It, Batman's it really girlfriend helped him, helped him beat the villain. I, exactly. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I, I want exactly. Batman to come and be Batman. Let Batman yeah. be Batman. But I'm gonna get my girl and run the guy over with a car. That's how I won. That's yeah, it. That's yeah. It. I can I can see your point. That one, that one to me, it 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 had so much great action. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of camouflaged some of the poor writing. Because yeah. yeah, that that movie has as many holes as a piece of, as a piece of Swiss cheese. And I think it's a little bit long too. You know, they could have maybe lengthened some parts of it and and made that into two movies. Maybe just come out with a Batman four. And and um, from a couple podcasts ago, your idea of the No Man's Land, I think, would have been a perfect Batman four. Well, I think this Batman, the Batman, has set that up perfectly. I think so too. Uh, yeah, with the walls coming down and. The city flooding. Honestly, the Riddler is one of my top villains now. Just because he actually executed his plan. He did. He executed his plan and he was a real threat. Even though he wasn't a physical threat, he was a real threat. And you don't get that from villains now, right? Like you, you get to the point where these villains get to a certain point and then they don't execute the real threat. I put him up there even though he's not physically as imposing and he hasn't had as much screen time or movie time as Thanos. Ooh. He actually did something though like yeah, Thanos. Yeah, that's true. Thanos, that's true. Thanos, you know, he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish, you know, yeah. which was the snap and getting rid of half the universe. You know, and then though what he did had far-reaching implications for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even until now, and we haven't right. seen Thanos in the in the last what six movies or whatever. Yeah, right. But what he did is still has implications, and that is what you want. Anybody that's a writer, right? Like I'm not the best writer in the world. I'm I'm working on my second novel right now, right? Right, uh, right. Getting the other one published. Plug, plug. Yeah, plug. that's it. That's it. It'll be coming real soon. So, family, keep following us. And oh, definitely. You, you definitely. guys are really gonna get a treat in in this uh, novel here. But one of the things I do know is that you have to have a, an antagonist that has a real credible threat. That he's a mm. credible threat. Right. So. So that, that was one of the problems I had with the early MCU movies is that you didn't have credible threats 
in these films. Most definitely. You know, and I'm always a sucker for that because it lets you know that these villains ain't playing. So, horrible movie. This is a horrible movie. Horrible movie, right? Mm -hmm. But remember the G.I. Joe movie, not the cartoon movie, like the movie. Oh, I love the G.I. Joe. Oh, oh, uh, my uh, fault. Yeah, Yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I was thinking you were talking about the G.I. Joe versus Cobra Lot, but but yeah. No, no, yeah, no. that on G.I. Joe movie with um, Marlon Wayans as a G.I. Uh, Joe officer. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Horrible movie, right? <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> but one of the things that they did that a lot of movies don't have the, the, the guts to do. Right. Is they actually destroyed a landmark in a movie. Yeah, they did. And yeah. left it destroyed. So when they destroyed, they, you know, Cobra was like, all right, we're going to show y'all what we can do. Y'all yeah. think we playing with these, mm-hmm. this night night bomb? They blew up the Eiffel Tower, right? Eiffel destroyed. Tower gone. Yeah. Like, like totally destroyed the yeah. Eiffel Tower. That, that's the type of thing that you have this fictitious world. You can do anything you want. Yeah. Right. Why not do something like that and up the stakes? Because for me, as a consumer, I'm like, I'm like, wow, I'm like, oh, okay, like they ain't playing, they for real. Yeah. And oh, that's totally. when, when when that happened in the Batman, mm-hmm. when they they basically tore up Gotham City. Oh yeah, split it up most of it. Yeah, he destroyed the seawalls almost like uh, with New Orleans, right? Yeah, when, mm-hmm. and Katrina, you know, devastation everywhere you know it's gonna cause a huge issue and rip why not do that you have a huge budget you yeah. can do anything you want and then it sets you up like for me i'm like all right what are they gonna do for the encore what are they gonna do like yeah. you already you drew me in i'm like oh wow like he didn't just put riddler in jail riddler messed up the entire city mm-hmm. now you got to rebuild that so for How me they talk you know, this kind of thing yeah yeah exactly right. as a writer you say okay I need to make sure that I, you know, you can't just say, okay, yeah, we're going to have a sequel, but you got to lay the seeds for a sequel and say, all I right, totally agree. we're going to do right. something big here. So yeah, I appreciate that from the Batman. Me too. And it's pretty much cliche that whenever you have a bomb, the good guy comes and they barely, you know, barely disarm the bomb. They got two yeah. seconds left or one second left before the bomb goes off. <laughs> and as you say, for a Batman to be this world-class detective, he figured out everything. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing he missed. It was those vans with the bombs. And the Riddler told him. And the Batman rushed out to try to figure out how to stop this. Yeah. And on his way, they still blew up. And I thought that was great, too. Because, yeah, you know, sometimes the good guys have to have to lose. Mm-hmm. In the second Christian Bale Batman, when, when, they, when his childhood friend gets blown up because he wanted to go save her and he accidentally went to save Harvey and she gets yeah. blown up. That really caught me off guard because they always save the girl and in a in spoiled milk family don't think that we're we're sadistic over here. You know, we're just speaking for the merits of good storytelling. Sometimes the, the hero is man, you know, I was just about there but I just couldn't get there quite in time. And yeah, you know, the bad guys have to seem like a credible threat. Especially the Joker, who who looked like he couldn't he couldn't beat a fly in a fist fight, but he's cerebral, he's cunning. Mm-hmm. I really liked how they brought in the social media aspect of it to kind yeah. of modernize it. Yeah, you know because some Batman stories, like in the in the animated series, they they look like that animated series could easily be taking place in the sixties or so. You know, mm-hmm. with the cars and the outfits and everything. 
but with the whole social media aspect of it to kind of modernize it, I thought that was a nice touch with the Joker. And yeah, I'm in total agreement. We need villains who at least are partially successful. And yeah, this definitely sets up a great movie, a great premise for the second movie. You know, how do they rebuild? What criminal element comes in to take place, to, to take advantage of all of this destruction? Yeah. And, and, yeah, and we saw something in this film that we don't get. I don't think we really get it in any other Batman film, right? And this is Batman actually helping people, yeah. right? Like, you know, you go from the first scene in the Batman where, you know, uh, he's beating up the dudes in the subway, I mean, mm-hmm. or the tram, because they weren't in the subway, they weren't on the tram. Right. Uh, uh, or monorail or whatever you want to call it, right? So yeah. he's beating up the guys, and then you know he turns to the to the victim, and the victim's like, "Don't beat me up, please, Batman! Don't beat me mm-hmm. up, don't hurt me." And then it, I think it was a great parallel to see at the end of the film, as people are getting airlifted by the National Guard, Batman's helping carry people to the helicopter, yeah. and the girl's like, "No, I don't, I don't know if I want to go with them. I want to stay with you." And he's like, "No, it's fine." It's okay. Right. That, that was a perfect parallel because we don't see Batman interacting with people in that way where he's like, really? Because uh, uh, one of the things we always hear is Batman says, Gotham is my city. These are my people. Well, we right. actually get that in this Batman. Every other one, you know, he'll say something like, you know, I'm I'm not the hero they deserve, but I'm the hero right. they got and all this. And that's cool, right? But we don't see him interacting with people. Whereas that's with this one, you know, after the wall falls down and everything else, he's right there in the thick of let me help these people. Let me oh, help definitely. them back together. Yeah. And, and to me, that's what a superhero is. He's not just the person who fights the villain, but he's also the person who says, hey, let me help you up. And we don't get that from, we, we really don't, I think we get a little bit with Captain America, but we really don't get that with any other villain. We don't see Iron Man Right, just down there with the populace, with the people. You don't, you definitely don't see Thor doing that, or yeah. anybody else. But with this Batman, it, and that made me appreciate this film a lot more. You see him helping people, which to me meant a lot. Me too. And and uh, Robert Pattinson, I have to give him credit. He's a he's a much better actor than I had given him credit for. The um the Twilight movies just were my cup of tea. And I still don't think they are, even after I liked him so much in the Batman yesterday. But his portrayal of Bruce Wayne was different. Mm-hmm. And once again, I look at this as this is early. So maybe in the future, he becomes this lover boy, Bruce Wayne, that people see around town. The mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne that took the Russian ballet off on some yacht in the Christian Bale movies. But this Batman, I mean, this um, Bruce Wayne. It's sort of aloof. He looks like he hangs out and broods at his, at Wayne Manor. And that was one thing. I wasn't necessarily sure if that was a negative or a positive. Mm-hmm. I really think the way Bruce Wayne normally carries on, he would be the last person somebody would think dresses up like a mass vigilante at night. Yeah. You know, he's this rich celebrity that you see spending money and hanging out and with girlfriends and he might get drunk on the case. You know, he's just this dude that you know from Gotham City and you know he looks like he's probably an international celebrity you know Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody would think you know some famous 
playboy that you see on TV is a mass vigilante. But if you knew, wow, it's this really rich dude who's kind of quiet and he never comes out of the house. And when, when we see him come out, he looks weird because his hair is unkempt. It looks like he hadn't slept. This would be the guy that you might think, yeah, I bet he does dress up like Batman every night. So I wasn't really sure if that was a negative or a positive, but maybe, like I say, since he's in year two of being Batman, that that's something he figures, yeah, I need to start making this public persona. And I think, once again, we've never seen Batman at this stage in his career. You know, now with the Christian Bale movies, yeah, we saw him becoming Batman. Mm-hmm. But this is more like, hey, I've been doing this for a while and I'm still figuring it out. Christian Bale didn't have much of a learning curve. No. You know, he was spelunking in caves and ordering bad ears from China. And two minutes later, yeah, he's Batman now. So I think it's kind of cool to show him, you know, hey, I'm not having some bumps in the road. Everything isn't working like I thought. Because yeah. he, he says something like that during the movie. Like, yeah, you know, I, I really thought I could help people, but it didn't work out like I planned. So yeah. all of that's just very good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Reeves did an outstanding job, and I really look forward to what he can do in the future for this for this franchise. Yeah, I agree. I agree, right? And and that was, you know, Matt Reeves did a excellent, excellent job. Like you, you could tell that he was inspired by Christopher Nolan, but you right. could tell this is his own thing as well. And as far as the Bruce Wayne uh, element, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, you know, wh- looking at it, I'm like, okay, like yeah, this dude, he probably is Batman just because he looks yeah. tired all the time. But then again, I, you know, because I've seen it twice now, right? Okay. Like I've seen it twice. The second time I saw it, I, I really looked at Robert Pattinson and he looks like a weakling. Like you look yeah. at him like, yeah, this dude ain't fighting nobody. Like, yeah. It's like, he, his, his he didn't hit the gym him. to get ready to play Batman. Yeah, I mean, he's not, not like he's fat or anything, but you know, he doesn't, I mean, Christian Bale looked like you know, after I finish, um, you know, shooting Batman, I'm going to join the UFC for a few matches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pattinson looks like, yeah, I might have taken some yoga and I jogged a lot. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't hit very many weights for this movie. Yeah, it, that's exactly how he looks. So, I mean, that, that's pretty much the only justification I had. But other than that, I agree with you. Like, he, you know, you sit at home all the time. And, and it might be like you just said. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, that persona is going to grow. Yeah. And that's who he's going to turn into at some point. And, and it, it, it's good that, that we feel like that because, you know, a bad movie, you're not going to really discuss, right? A good yeah, movie. Totally. We're kind of nitpicking a little bit, yeah. like some of these things, but a good movie, you have to kind of nitpick to find those flaws, uh, but nothing is perfect. Uh, but I think it was, it was a great job what they did. And I liked how the first half of the movie, he was mostly Batman through the first half of the movie. Yeah. Uh, right. I want to say the first the first hour and the last hour, he was mostly Batman. Right. You kind of get Bruce Wayne in that middle hour or so. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, he switches in between a lot. But the middle hour or so is more like the Bruce Wayne part of the movie. Yeah. And I'm glad that he was Batman throughout most of it. Uh, you know... Even when he was solving crimes, he still was dressed up as like the Dark Knight type character. And exactly. I, I appreciate, I appreciated them them doing this. This was, it was a fantastic movie. It really was. It was a it fantastic, was a fantastic movie. movie, and it was just so much good dialogue. Like uh, near the end, when the Joker is speaking, 
Yeah, kept saying Bruce Wayne, and the whole time Batman thinks, yeah, this fool has figured out that I'm I'm Batman. Yeah, the you Riddler, know, you mean? Wayne, the Batman, the Riddler. Yeah, I said joke with my father, the Riddler. Yeah, yeah, I guess because they're they're basically cellmates. Yeah, but the Riddler kept saying Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and then it was a point that he realizes that wow, the Riddler doesn't know I'm Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and I think it was cool how the Riddler said, and like you, you know. Your your costume is, isn't your costume. Your your persona as Batman is the real you. Yeah. And you know, and I guess he figures you basically have a costume for the person people think you are. And I thought that was pretty neat too, because I don't know if anybody's ever given that perspective on Batman. And it's similar to what Bill says in Kill Bill. That's one of my favorite scenes when when he says that Superman is Kal-El. He was born Kal-El. Mm-hmm. His costume is just a part of the blanket his mother wrapped him in. His yeah. costume is Clark, Clark Kent. Clark Kent is his secret identity, but he really is Superman. And I that was the first time I'd heard anybody say that. And when the Joker, when I keep saying Joker, when the Riddler said that yesterday about Batman, it's the same thing. Bruce Wayne is Batman. Mm-hmm. So Bruce Wayne, Playboy, philanthropist, rich guy, whatever. That's his costume. That's that's his persona. But he's really Batman. He's really the one that broods and drives the Batmobile and solves these crimes and beats up criminals. But he acts like Bruce Wayne, the public figure, to keep you off his trail of the, as to who he is. Yeah, and I've heard that before. Uh, but it's absolutely right. I mean, we, we know that Batman is who Bruce Wayne really is like everybody right. else is everything else we see is really the front. And, uh, it's funny you mentioned kill bill. Cause I was just thinking about watching that again today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I remember sitting in the theater when he said that, uh, about Clark Kent and Superman. And that's pretty much how it is for most of these heroes, right? Like who they really are is who they dress up to be. Right, uh, and and what you you see in their secret identity is, you know, who they want you to be comfortable around. Exactly, and and, and that that's honestly it's true for a lot of us, right? Like who we put yeah, on, exactly. Uh, when we go to our jobs or we go out and we interact with people, sometimes that's not always us all the way. Yeah, uh, there are very few people that you can really be uh, yourself around. And, and that's pretty much the thing with Batman, right? Like, you know, he's really himself when he wears that cape and that cowl. But, but right, that souped-up Batmobile, yeah. That's it. Oh, man. Yeah. That Batmobile but, is awesome. So I got a Lego, uh, ultimate, uh, not ultimate kick, but I got a Lego Technic kit of that Batmobile. I just got oh, for real? Yeah, I do. I, I, I bought it a couple weeks ago. I just haven't had the time to really uh, put it together yet, but I'll be putting together a video, putting it on our YouTube channel at some point. That's awesome. And, and then I got like a little model of the Batmobile as well. Uh, okay. Great, great, wonderful wife bought me, so. Awesome, awesome. Uh, you know, she bought Shout me Shout out that. to Mrs. DJ. Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. Look, she's a good wife, man. She's always, she knows I got collectibles and stuff. Some of the stuff oh, yeah. me, she's bought. Or I come home and she has little gifts and trinkets for me. So we, we, I, you know, I love my wife. We got a good marriage, man. She, uh, she knows what I like. So <laughs> I she, think uh, she, she's pretty awesome too. She's almost like family to me. That, almost. Like <laughs> <family>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she's pretty awesome too. I've, I've, I've known her, you know, a handful of years. 
That's a handful. Just a handful. That's a oh yeah, just a handful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna get to that Batmobile, but that the Batman to me, and I, I've said this before. I'm saying it, it's up there with the Dark Knight. I'm oh, not exactly there. sure which one I'm gonna say takes the. Well, I'm gonna always say the Dark Knight takes the cake, right? Just because of Heath Ledger. Yeah, uh, it's a great film. I can't knock that, but the Batman is right behind it, in my opinion. In my humble opinion, yeah. it's and right think, Oh, yeah, totally. And I think if, if you make a different comparison, though, because keep in mind, The Dark Knight was the second of that trilogy, and we had already got everything set up. Yes. So if you're going to look at this first one of, the, of the, the Batman trilogy versus the first of The Dark Knight trilogy, how do you stack those up? Oh, this is better. Without I think question. this is. I think this is. This is better too. Yeah. Without question. I mean, uh, who do we get? We got Ray uh, Ray Ghul and we got uh, Scarecrow in the Batman yeah. Begins. Which, right. Uh, it's not a bad movie, but these two compared, I got to go with the Batman. I just do. And Me too. I, I will say I have to go with, with the Batman too. I think the portrayal of the Joker, because if you're going to compare the Joker to Scarecrow or the Ray Ghul, that's pretty hard. But if you look at the Joker, and I mean, I keep on saying Joker. I need to write that down. The Riddler, if you look at the Riddler and everything he was able to get done, everything, you know, because, you know, he killed several people. And he also had that explosion that killed more people. He mm-hmm. did more damage than Rachel Ghoul and... and um, Scarecrow. Yeah, right. Right, Dr. Crane. Yeah, he did more more damage than Scarecrow and Rachel Ghoul. But yeah, I I don't know. As far as the portrayal, I think Liam Neeson did a great job. But the guy playing playing the Riddler, you know, I don't think anybody's going to clamor and say, "Hey, I would definitely want to see that guy in some more movies." But the way they pulled it off, I think it was excellent with the costume, with the way you know they hunted him the whole movie, and he basically gave himself up. They didn't catch him because you know that. And to me, that was kind of weird. And I wonder if that's going to be a plot element for the next movie that he uh-huh. get caught on purpose to go to Arkham. Yeah. Who, who hey, knows? That's a good point. Because I'm yeah. thinking now, like, if if they do do the Joker, right? Like, they they might. If, if they do bring the Joker on the next film, having the Riddler and the Joker working together would just be... Man, that's chaos. Very that, much that chaos. chaos, yeah. That is chaos. and that, But it's good chaos for us. Because it Very means the film would be really yeah. good. Uh, yeah. But man, that would just be chaotic, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope Me they too. start. I hope they've been working on the script already, or at least on ideas for script. But it's it's definitely a good film. Anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, we gotta recommend go see it. See it in the Most theater. Definitely recommend. Go yeah, where nobody's here yet, because I think it comes out on streaming April 14th or something on yeah. HBO Max. I think that's what's coming out. So go mm-hmm. go see it before it. Uh, it's strange. You you will not be disappointed. Definitely go see it see it in theaters because I doubt anybody has that kind of home audio setup. Because I mean, it's a loud movie. This is this is one of the go see in the movies movies. I like to say, mm-hmm. you know, because some movies something with a nice deep plot. Like I like to always mention Shawshank Redemption, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, but Shawshank Redemption is just as good on television in your living room as it would be in the theater, because there's no car chases, no explosions, nothing like that. But this, just just to hear the Batmobile rumble, you need to go to a theater and check this one out. 
so yeah i totally recommend it too i totally recommend going to the theaters maybe if you off one day during the week go to your local theater in the early afternoon on an odd day like a wednesday or so yep. you might luck up and it's only one or two people in there with you like it was with me yesterday yeah that i saw it on a wednesday that's what i think i, I okay come out the fourth or the fifth or whatever it was like a wednesday or thursday yeah, yeah it was a wednesday there was a mid midweek mm-hmm. day and almost nobody was there same thing with my yeah. buddy he went on a Wednesday, Thursday, and no, almost no one was there. It's, it's a good film. People should go see Very it. Very good film. Yeah, you know, check it out. Yeah, it's a travesty that some people think that it's failing in the box office, but it's it's a great movie. It, it really, yeah. I thought I was tripping. I, I was like, you know, I thought, I was like, okay, am I reading too much into this? Because mm-hmm. uh, I came out of it thinking like, oh, this is great. You know, some, sometimes like you yeah. go see a movie and you're like, oh, this is great. And then you watch mm-hmm. it the second time or someone else sees it and they kind of pick it apart a little bit and you're like ah maybe i was just excited to go see it it this sounds one, like me with the force awakens i thought yeah. this, this was very good and i'm riding home and it seems like every mile closer to home i got i'm like yeah but this was so similar to a new hope yeah. wow that was similar to a new hope yeah but but yeah i, th- I think the the batman is gonna have a lasting positive impression. I don't think it's going to be like The Force Awakens. Yeah. So, in, so last word. Last word. You recommend okay. it. You recommend it. I most it. definitely recommend it. Out of five jugs of spoiled milk, I give it 4.6 because it's hard to say anything is perfect. But I'm going to give it four, four in the decimal. I'm going to say four and a half jugs of spoiled milk out of five. I go with that. I'll okay. go with it. Okay. I, I yeah. go with it. That's, that's good. That's it's four good. and a half out of five. Yeah. Yeah, so, so audience, go out there, family. Go watch The Batman uh, by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, Colin Farrell, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Colin Farrell, Jeffrey Wright. The, the entire cast did great. The entire cast was awesome. We didn't even get into everybody else. We didn't get into Zoe Kravitz. We didn't get into Jeff, Jeffrey Wright. They did phenomenal jobs. But go see it, family. Yeah, Great, great family. So before we get out of here, uh, you know, we always got to do what's on the shelf. Uh, okay. What you got anything on the shelf or you want me to go first? I can go first this week. Yeah. Help yourself. Go first. Okay, okay. I'll go first this week. I've made a well, I won't say I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to my wife. My wife has made okay. a discovery something because all this great content out here. We miss something. Oh, yeah. Everybody misses stuff. You you miss stuff. Uh so my wife has discovered uh Mike Tyson Mysteries. Mike Tyson uh, Mysteries, okay. Yes, came out on Adult Swim a number of years ago. <laughs> it is amazingly funny. We okay. are on first season. Each episode is only like 11, 12 minutes long. They right? got to check out Mike Tyson yeah. Mysteries then. Look here, you know how Adult Swim did, does, right? Mm, adult oh Swim yeah. have a show and each episode is only like 12 minutes long or 15 minutes long. This is great. So it's basically, the premise is this, is that Mike Tyson... He has a chicken coop in the back of his mansion. Okay. And he gets he gets mysteries from people who send him messages using carrier pigeons. <laughs> okay, okay. And so it's him, uh, his, I don't know if she's a fictitious daughter, a real daughter, but it's him, his Korean daughter, Young Hee, uh, a, 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 a ghost, and a wow. man that's been turned into a pigeon. Uh, voiced by uh, Norm Macdonald. I think it's Norm Macdonald, the late great okay. Norm Macdonald. And they go out and they solve mysteries. It is the greatest thing 
I've watched in a while, man. Every episode <laughs> has had me cracking up. It is, it is not. Wow. It's not politically correct. It's not. That's but what that's, I think. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the part. Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah, but it is amazingly funny. It is just. It is great. It is great. It is some <laughs> of the, the most ignorant and uh, ignorant funny stuff you'll ever watch. It's great. Watch it. Awesome. Watch awesome. It. I'll be sure to check that out. You should watch it. Highly recommended by by DJ. Yes. Mike Tyson's Mysteries. Okay. Yes. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, on my shelf is something I haven't gotten started with yet. It's uh, Halo. They they have a live action Halo series. Okay. Yeah. And back in the days, I was a big fan of Halo. Um, Master Chief was my boy. Man, Halo came out on the first Xbox. Yeah. And I think I played Halo on Xbox, Xbox One, and no, X, I'm, I'm going I'm going out of order. Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. I was on go. Halo. And I've heard some bad things about it, but you know how you like to see for yourself. Cause I saw some, some, some. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't even a full review. It was just like one sentence on social media. This is not the, the Master Chief that you, that most Halo fans are, are looking for. Wow. So I'm curious enough to at least give it one episode, and maybe next podcast I'll tell people, you know, what I thought. I'm not even sure how many episodes in they are, but I'm going to make it my business to, to at least watch, watch the first episode of the Halo series. Mm-hmm. Starring Master Chief. I'm not even sure what channel. I'm I think probably... that's Paramount Plus, I think. I think Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus sounds Plus. right. Okay. Yeah, because I have just about everything else. I got Yeah, yeah. Cause because a couple podcasts ago I was I was talking about my my admission to cut a, cut one or two. And I think I decided to cut stars and it was another one I I I think I ended my subscription on. Um Prime keeps telling me I need to cancel them, but the Amazon two-day shipping is always a, a major plus to keep Prime. But but yeah, but anyway, I've, I've I've digressed. I will definitely let the Spoil Milk family know how this new Halo series is next podcast. Yeah, I see. See, I want to see how that goes because from what I've been reading, it sounds like a train wreck. Like they changed how Cortana looks. Yeah, change. They actually show. I heard they show Master Chief's face. Oh no, they can't do that. Yeah, that's what I heard, and I'm just like, what? And I'm not a Halo guy, right? Like I, right. you know, I was always a Call of Duty guy. That was my okay. Call okay. of Duty. I never really got into Halo. Uh, part of the reason was I didn't have a, a, a one of the original Xbox. Uh, you know, I yeah. think I was uh, playing the PlayStation Two then. Okay. At the yeah, time. yeah, uh, they, so they came out. Have, yeah, I, I didn't time. have that, so I never really got into the Halo. I played a little bit. I think I played Halo Two. Okay, uh, and, and you know, which it, it makes no sense because I didn't play one. Uh, yeah, but you yeah. know, I never really got into it. But when you know, you hear certain things, and you know, of course, you know people who play it or they respect the franchise, and then when they're saying things that they don't like about it, as people who've watched it or they've supported it, then I have a problem with that just because. Me too. That that's how you you know I'm a, you know every episode again my soapbox here it goes yeah me too here me it too. goes I'm up there too you know I, I it's a slap in the face when people have supported you know whether it's a comic book or a show or a video game you know you spent number of hours reading it or you mm-hmm. know looking at the source material collecting the source material you know trading the source material 
you know, studying it and letting it take a part in your life. And then it goes to these people who are producing it and they don't respect the source material. I this totally agree. Face. Because honestly, those are the people that are going to keep your stuff going. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you look at Star Wars and, you know, it's not until they start doing the Mandalorian, the other stuff that's really starting to get his feet back and it's yeah. really starting to get a foundation. Why? Because they're starting to really give homage to the source material. And yeah. when you begin to create this stuff, like, you know, I'm hearing stuff about Lord of the Rings. I'm hearing stuff about Halo. And I'm just like, what are you all doing? Like, you have all the stories you need. You know, like, yeah, I can understand you do little tweaks here or there, but when you start, you know, taking it away from who these characters are, what made these characters what they are, you start to uh, make changes, not for the sake of the story, but you're making changes just to, you know, to fit a certain demographic into that story, exactly. then that's a problem. That is a huge problem. And, and that has to be the thing that the story has to trump everything else. Like the story yeah. has to be the thing that we're beholden to. So when I hear stuff about Halo, because I really wanted to get a Paramount Plus, I'm like, man, I really want to, I really want to get mm -hmm. Paramount Plus yeah. and watch Halo. And then I'm hearing all this stuff, I'm like, nope, I'll pass, I'll wait. Save my money on that one. I'll yeah. watch it later because mm -hmm. I'm not spending, you know, 12, 13 bucks a month for something that's gonna make me upset. And that that mm -hmm. becomes my problem with it. So hopefully, uh, you know, you check it out. Hopefully. The, the rumor mill was overblown. Hopefully so. But for me, I'm like, I don't eh. think it probably is though, because I totally agree with you. And and uh, not to not to be long winded, because I see we're we're a little bit past, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but it's just crazy, you know, that somebody would say, "Hey, enough people love Halo for us to do a Halo show," but then with the same, if the very sex name, very next breath. To also say, yeah, but instead of making it tree, true to the Halo that we're used to, let's make it a general science fiction series that appeals to a, to a broader audience. Mm -mm. And it just doesn't make any sense. You know, if you think this Halo as it is, is good enough to make a series out of it, give us that Halo. Don't give us a generic sci-fi series that can bring in people that have never played the game or never cared about the game. Exactly. No, respect the game enough to say enough people like this, and it's good enough to get other people in to watch it. Yeah, and, and that's you know that's one of the things that make Game of Thrones the phenomenon that it was. Right. Up until whatever that season seven or eight or whatever, yeah. when they just started going off the rails. <laughs> but that's right. what made it phenomenal is that they didn't dumb it down for anyone. Yeah. Like they went into it like this is the world, these mm -hmm. are the characters. This is what's going on, and this is what's happening. Yeah. And by the time it got to season three, you know, it was a juggernaut. It was oh, just, yeah. oh yeah, it, it was just the best it's thing on miss. television. Yeah. And and that's because they didn't hold punches. And as a person who is a fan of the books, when you read it and then you go see it, like yeah, they had some changes here or there to kind of fit it within that hour long format, 10 episode hour long format for each episode. So they had to make some changes, but the the vast majority of it was very true to the books. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to see that was great. It meant that, okay, you know, like, yeah, some people are smug and they're like, yeah, I read the book. I already know what's gonna happen. And all <laughs> right. that and the other. 
But for the for most people, they're like, I'm glad to see this conceptualized. I'm glad to see mm-hmm. this realized on camera. Thank you for that. And yeah. that is really what we want. We want to see it realized on camera. We want to see it happen. That's why the MCU is so great. Is that a lot of these stories that we see, like, yeah, we, they made some tweaks, but a lot of the stories we've seen in the comic books, they're realized in film. Exactly. It makes you feel good. It, it makes you feel validated as a fan, as a collector. Most but, definitely. You know, I'm going to get off my high horse. You let me know how Halo is. <laughs> I will definitely let you know how Halo is, and I agree with with all with all of your points. I just think with the biggest problem with the Game of Thrones is that they they didn't let George Martin finish it. You know that's that his last, own fault, man. That's his own. Well, yeah, that's that's one probably his own fault. Mm-hmm. But hey, the same thing with um, <laughs> Game of Thrones and with Star Wars. You can't do it right without George. Yeah, I- whether that's R.R. Martin or that's Lucas, you can't do it right without George. Look, and maybe they should have given him a year to finish up the books or ask him what he was thinking. But we see what we get, Game of Thrones without George and what we get Star Wars without George. You got my applause on that one, buddy. You can't yeah. do it without George. You can't do it without George. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We should get that on the shirt. We should get down put that shirt. on the shirt for real. We need to sell yeah. some merch. You can't do it without George. You can't Star Wars on the front and Game of Thrones on the back. You can't do it without you can't George. Do it without yeah. George, baby. You gotta, yeah. you gotta have a Constanza. George you gotta Constanza. Have a Constanza. George Lucas. George, George Jefferson. George yeah. Jefferson. George Jefferson. Yeah. Can't do it without George. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Oh man, yeah. that, that's great. Well. That just about wraps up our episode. I think that's a good stopping point right there. That's a good way to, 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 to put a bow on it, so to speak. Uh, we're going to have to do an episode called that. You can't do it without George. You can't do it without that's George. Good. That's exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. As always, <laughs> my friend, uh, it was a pleasure uh, doing oh, same this episode here. This is definitely a pleasure. Uh, family, continue to f- support us and follow us uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, everywhere where you can find podcasts. Please share and like this podcast. Get out there. We got to get these numbers up. We're, we're doing a great job here. We got to get numbers up. So oh, yeah, make definitely. sure you're following us and supporting us here on the Spoiled Milk Channel. And as always, thank you all for being loyal listeners. Yeah, thanks a lot, Spoiled Milk family. Uh, yeah, like DJ said, please, please help us grow these numbers. Tell your friends, tell your family. Tell some people you don't even like because you're being a bigger person to turn them on to something great. That's it. Uh, That's good. Thanks a lot for all the love and support. This has been Spoiled Milk. <laughs> hey, you know what? We should get a lot. Every George. That's, that's what, If you know a George, you need to share the podcast with a George. The we need more Georges. That's what we oh, need on a, for our, our podcast to explode. We need more Georges. So please can't do share, it without with George. George. share with yes, George. Share with George. That's it. That's it. Share with all the, all the Georges that you know. Exactly. Every George. <laughs>